0: There it is, ladies and gents. We're excited. Uh, we got a good show for you guys today. Not just that, it's an extra bonus. Today is... Woo! So let's jump right into this. What do you guys say? Let's do this thing. Shut up
1: and sit down. The Business Bros podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business on social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of...
2: Business Business Pro! Time time to drop some heat. Here we go. All right, all you business pros out there. Before we jump into the show, just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today. Give us a like, give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll really appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz to schedule your time slot. Don't forget to follow us on all social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody, we're so excited and honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros pod. Our guest today believes in the power of hard work and honesty, two things that have helped propel him to his position as an advocate for professional athletes. He epitomizes the phrase, love what you do and you'll never work a day in your life. And when his alarm goes off at 5 a.m., he doesn't drag himself, but rather jumps out of bed excited to take on the day. While waiting tables to put himself through law school, our guest found a way to intertwine his passions for professional fighting and the law. After spending some time in another agency, our guest ventured out on his own at the young age of 25. He now boasts of more than 40 clients, coaches, sponsors, and other associates whom he he calls daily, and he works with both the UFC and Bellator FC to get fighters on their cards. Joining us today out of Diamond Bar, California, from Iridium Sports Agency, let's get ready to welcome to the show, Jason
1: How?
0: What up, Jason? Welcome to the show, man. I know you get to deal with all kinds of intros and stuff, but uh, two and a half minutes into the show, what do you think of the business, bro, so far?
3: i love it you guys got the energy i'm looking for (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) all
0: right my brother well let's jump into your story here so uh law school and getting into into sports agency sports representation you look like you're in pretty good shape uh walk me through that that journey man getting into law school and
3: putting yourself through that yeah you know i was uh i just finished playing college baseball at university of laverne and uh, I thought I would try my hand at law school. And uh, while in law school, uh, I just kind of missed the camaraderie of being a part of a team and, and hanging out with, with the guys. And so uh, I started training Jiu Jitsu uh, with Jeeva Santana at Team Oyama in Irvine. And uh, that really just kind of sparked my interest into MMA. And it's kind of fate because about six months into training in Jiu Jitsu, uh, an agent came and spoke at our school at my law school uh, that actually represented MMA fighters. And so I think I called him like every day for a week, (laughs) trying to get his his information, get his attention. And I ended up uh, interning there while I was in law school so
0: in the sports game and and you know we we grew up uh watching some wrestling, and it's funny because it's it's show business, right part of it is show, part of it is what you see on the screen yeah. the other part is the business side of it uh I, oh, tell me a little bit about you know what what it was like getting into the business side the backside the 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 law side of it and representing uh, uh athletes that lose you yeah. Maybe a little bit.
3: You guys, you guys there. Sorry, I lost that last part out of out of phone call coming.
0: Yeah, yeah, I lost your video too. Uh, yeah. So basically, I was I was asking, uh, you know, what what was it like getting into the representation side? So on the show business, you got the show, you got the business. Yeah. What's it like being on the business side of things?
3: Man, it's it's been great. You know, definitely, I think you know when I started this in two thousand nine, MMA was still uh, very young, even back then, and so kind of just seeing the growth of yeah. MMA. Uh, over these last 12 years has, has just been amazing, uh, especially just cause you're kind of seeing the sport evolve, right? I think when the, the sport first started, it was kind of the wild, wild west. And now it's, you know, it's being regulated, it's on ESPN, uh, you're starting to see athletes that were training in MMA since the time they were kids, right? Maybe they're not doing ball and stick sports. They're starting to do, uh, you know, MMA at a young age, right? They starting to train jujitsu and boxing and kickboxing and wrestling. So just to see the, the, the whole evolution of sport has been uh, phenomenal.
0: And it's come a long way, man. Like, yeah. I, dude, I, I was actually reminiscing not too long ago. Uh, I got this, this uh, little book that my parents brought back to me, and it was something I wrote when I was, like, I don't know, like sixth grade or something. And I remember going to my best friend's house back then and watching, like, it was like UFC, like four or five or something like that. Right. And yeah. and I remember watching people like, like Ken Shamrock and, and these dudes come into the ring and there was like no rules and regulations at that time, dude. I remember watching this big old massive dude fight this like smaller dude. And the smaller dude like ends up whooping his ass. Right. But, but in the meantime I was, it was a spectacle. It was something that it, it was new. Nobody had ever paid attention to this stuff. And it was, yeah. it was thought of as, as super graphic and, and you know, like there's no rules and regulations in that space. <laughs> Uh, but it's, it's, it's come a long way. Uh, how long yeah. have you been in that journey
3: and, and involved in the sport? So I started really be, started watching MMA in 2006. I started training in 2008 and then I started interning at a sports agency that represented MMA fighters at the end of 2008. So it's, it's been, you know, 15 years I've, I've, I've really been in the sport and then, you know, uh, about. 12, 13 years, I've been 13 years, I've been, you know, kind of working within the industry.
0: How, how does one make a living like if you're going to be a fighter and there's so many people that have aspirations to be a fighter, right? To, to make it on uh, into the octagon, to be on yeah. UFC, whether it's the main card or one of those other cards that are on there. How does that how does somebody dedicate that much time to become one of those paid people? Because not everybody can be a, a a McGregor, right? Everybody else has to make their way up there. How do you survive? How do you make that lifestyle shift? And, and how do you help your your clients like get to that level?
3: Man, it's funny you, you asked this because I was just explaining. One of our clients, Josh Quinlan, right? He, he lives in Las Vegas, and I actually get to kind of train with him daily. And I, and I see his schedule, and he's 5 0, right? He was 6 0, he's an amateur. He's, he's a top prospect in, in, in the sport right now. He trains at 5 a.m. every morning. Then he goes to work, right? Works the full eight, nine hours, and then comes back at the evening, trains till like 9 or 10 p.m. again. And then goes to bed and, and it runs the same cycle every day. And when you're looking at it, like you're looking at a schedule, you're going, wow, like he's honestly not wasting one minute of his day, right? Like he's maximizing his grind every day. He's doing everything possible uh, to achieve his dream. And, you know, obviously he's on the right path, right? As an amateur and pro, he's combined 11 to 0. I think he has 10 finishes. I mean, he's he's doing everything right. But I mean, that's what people don't see, right? They're, they're going to see him at the UFC and they're not going to know that. This young man has been literally up at dawn every morning working on his craft while maintaining a full career uh, to provide for him and his family. It's impressive.
0: That's just, that's just the behind the scenes. You're right. Like when this guy shows up and he starts to dominate in the octagon, for example, everybody's going to say he came out of nowhere. It was overnight, but he's been (laughs) developing this skill for, for quite some time, but it doesn't just happen with the skill itself. You all like, there's so many talented fighters out there. So many people who have, who have natural born talent. And never make it anywhere. What's the other side that they need on top of the dedication to building themselves personally, their their skill, their craft? There's got to be more to it, though, right?
3: I think it's it's just being very smart in your decisions in this business, just like any other career. You got to take the right steps to to get where you want to go. And I think you know sometimes in fighting, you know, you can kind of hurry, take fights too soon, or try to um, climb up the ladder too soon. You know, you really have to be patient in this business, you know, be very calculated in, in your choices and ensure that you you have a good team around you, good management, good coaching uh, that can advise you to make the right calls. And this is the right matchup to take, in our, you know, in, in our career. This is the next step to to advance our career and just be smart in everything you do. You know what I mean? You really have to uh, be, pa- uh, be patient and persistent at the same time. And, and ensuring that you're not just taking an opportunity because it's an opportunity you take an opportunity because it's the right opportunity.
0: So are you talking about like uh picking the right fights or are you talking about Correct. building the right team around you? Because building the right team around you is, is also not the easiest thing in the world to do. I mean, sometimes we're building the team out of necessity because those are the people in our proximity. They're the people who are willing to yes. take, dive in, but picking the right team and picking the right fights, that might be a little bit different. And got any tips for that?
3: Yeah, correct. So I think before you even consider taking fights, you need to ensure that you have the right team, the right cabinet of people in your corner. Like that needs to be first and foremost, right? Find a great gym and coaches to invest their time and energy into you. Uh Uh-oh, I think we lost your audio. Audio is no
0: good. Yeah, I don't think I can hear you anymore.
2: Something happened there. We lost them. Hey, oh, I hate when That happens. Nope, not yet. yet.
0: That's the uh, that's the thing about episodes. <laughs> like seven hundred episodes in, dude. Seven hundred episodes in, and we still have technical issues. <laughs> it but, happens, dude. That's the all right. Dude. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take. A, we'll take a timeout from the UFC, right? It's just between rounds. That was the first five minute
3: round.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go on, right? First five minute round. There okay. we go, Jason. You're back. You're okay.
3: back. <laughs> okay. So, sorry, my I think my car Bluetooth picked picked up right now. Uh, no worries. So what I was saying, what I was saying is is that you kind of the first step. I I would say you're right is to find a great cabinet of people in the sense that you, you have a good team, a good gym, you have good management that you, you share the same culture and belief with, right? And then you are having a good training schedule, right? You got good, you got a good consistency in your in your day to day, and then at that point you can start looking for fights, right? And at that time, that's what we're talking about, the opportunities, making sure you choose the right ones, ones that make sense, that kind of help take you step by step up the ladder to advance your career.
0: So let's talk about some of these relationships that we've, we've been able to establish. So you as an attorney, you've been able to not only establish relationships with people that you've, uh, that you've trained with, these are the actual athletes who are going to compete, but as well as organizing other events, I was, I was scrolling through your Instagram page and like you, you've had interviews with like David Meltzer, for example, and he's been working on, on huge uh, connections in the, in the sports space uh, and, you know, connections with like Vayner, Vayner sports and, and different things like that. So, what kinds of relationships have you established and how has that helped you kind of represent more of your clients?
3: No, I, I think having, you know, making those types of relationships only helps you to grow and evolve, right? A guy like Dave Meltzer, like he's done so much in the sports industry. He was, he's been in this game for, for years, right? I mean, he was in it probably before I even knew there was a game. So to, to learn from them, to spend time with them is only going to help you know, me become a better servant to my athletes and to my clients, right? Like my job is to constantly seek opportunities to evolve, to learn, to grow, to improve. And that involves putting yourself out there, meeting new people, learning from them, seeing what they're doing well, seeing what you can implement from them. You know, that that's kind of the belief that I have in business. I think sometimes it becomes too much of of competition and, and being competitive. Well, I am a competitive guy and, and that, that is part of the game, you know, you need to be open minded enough to learn from everyone and to see what everyone does well, even your worthy rivals, you, everyone needs a worthy rival to learn from and to grow from. And I, I take what I learned there and I really try to apply it on so constantly evolving because I always need to search to find better ways to, to be an asset to our athletes, teams and, and, and careers
0: dude, competition is fierce when you step into the ring, right? I mean, you go <laughs> for blood. Like, I mean, literally, right. You're trying to knock the other dude out. You're trying to crush and destroy your opponent. Um, yeah. but what's amazing in the sport as well is once the bell rings, there's so much love, respect, and admiration for the other opponent. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering if there's parallels to that in, in the business world as, as you've uh, stepped into. I mean, I'm sure as an attorney, you're fighting for the rights and for whatever it is that you're representing for your client to get. And it gets ferocious like it does in the ring, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the end of the day, the way you talked about some of these mentors, there's also much admiration and respect for even the people that you're negotiating with. Kind of, Can you walk me through and kind of make that connection between what mm-hmm. it's like being that athlete and what it's like being that entrepreneur?
3: Yeah, when when you're an entrepreneur, like the relationships you make are are most key. When people say uh, business isn't personal, you know, say it's not personal, it's just business. I I think that's completely wrong. I think business is completely personal. You do business with your friends. You do business with the people that you share the same uh, moral compass with, same values with. These are the things that are important in life. So, yes, you know, we may negotiate a deal and sometimes it may get intense at the table, but in the, the day, as long as you play within the, the the rules of the game and you keep it professional, you know you can shake hands and you go have a beer later and then come back the next week and there's another negotiation that needs to be had. I think that's what people need to understand that we're playing an infinite game. There's no final score here. You know, it's not football. There's no quarters. This is not going to end. It's not even a fight, right? There's rounds. This game goes on forever. And the last, if you want to make a lasting impact on this world and on your athletes' careers and lives you have to understand that you're going to be going to that table over and over and over again. So conducting yourself with, you know, professionalism and honesty and integrity, those things are going to keep you in this game a long time. I think anyone can do this for a year or two, maybe even three or four, but the GOATs, the, the ones that are going to be remembered and leave a legacy and really touch people's lives, they go on to own decades. And that's really what we're about here at this agency. I want to serve and give to my our clientele, be the best possible agent we can be for them. And do that for so long, right? For so many years, it becomes decades. It becomes decades, and that's how you leave a legacy.
0: Mm, that's so true. The the legacy part of everything that we do. I you know. I don't know maybe it's a male thing maybe it's a it's just the way we're we're kind of brought up but we want to leave something behind yeah. right we've been hunting <laughs> our entire life we've been going yes, out sir. there and trying to make something happen and we want to leave something something that says you know I w- I made an impact in this world uh and you know when when it's funny because when you yes. talk about UFC you're talking about My impact was to beat the crap out of somebody else, but it's not always just beating the crap out of people. I think some of the most inspirational people that we've seen, uh, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna take a fictitious one, Rocky. That movie, right, and that's boxing, not quite UFC, but that movie influenced so many people to be better yeah. for themselves, to to find that 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 other path. That every trial and tribulation, every obstacle that's in your way, you can overcome. It's not about how many times you get knocked down; it's about getting back up and moving forward. Uh, when you get to talk to your uh, yes. your clients and they go through the phase where they're fighting and their focus is a hundred percent in that ring and becoming a better athlete. And then the time comes where they're ready to move on. What happens to that fighter uh, as far as a future career? Cause there's some that continue. They become coaches. They become, they go out and look for sponsors. Like what's the, what's the lifespan of a fighter and what's that look like for a profession going forward?
3: I, I think it's very important in an agent's uh, job for an athlete and for a client is to start discussing with them, what their secondary passion is going to be like and and start discussing what life after fighting is going to be like. I think so many times with athletes, you that's their identity, right? I'm a football player. I'm an MMA fighter. And so when that journey comes to an end, whether it be at 35, 40 years old, however long they're able to stay in this, in this industry in the sport, you know, it's hard for them when they retire and they're no longer that guy anymore or that girl anymore. Right? So it's important that they continue to think about what's life after going to be like. And that's really what we try to do is have those open discussions with them, have that dialogue and say, Hey, what are some things that you're passionate about? Let's, let's get, let's get, you know, as plan A is taken off, let's get plan B going as well and start marinating some ideas and concepts that will bring you happiness and joy when you're, when you're finished fighting so that you continue, maybe commentating, maybe opening up a gym, maybe there's some nonprofits you want to get involved. In. There's different avenues. And it's our job just to ensure that you know the the, the back half of their life is just as, they feel just as fulfilled as they did as when they were competing inside the cage.
0: There's a lifestyle. Also, you know, you mentioned the identity, but there's also a lifestyle that goes into in, into becoming an athlete. There's there's a different way that you approach the world, uh, and if you take a glimpse of your your Instagram, you get to see a different lifestyle that you get to lead as as mentoring, as coaching, as you know, helping these athletes uh, you know become who they want to become. Uh, talk to me a little bit about the lifestyle that you're living and how it would compare to a normal a uh, quote unquote lawyer that would sit in an office all day. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I mean, this, this lifestyle is great. You know, I'm truly blessed in the sense that, you know, we get to travel with, with our clients every week. We get to be part of their fight weeks and get, get get to be actively involved in their journey in this sport. And I think as you, as you're saying, like their lifestyles are very unique. They are, they're very disciplined, right? It's very rigid. They train at certain times, they eat at certain times. You know, everything is calculated out and that's kind of how I have to live my life as well. I have to get up early in the morning and take care of my, you know, workout, read, spend some time on, on some goals that I want to accomplish for the day and then get ready because as the day starts, you're kind of on their schedule. Anything can happen. A lot of things are, are constantly changing and flowing in this business. And so you have to be prepared for that and on your feet for that. And so you kind of adapt. To, to their lifestyle as well, right? That discipline, that rigidness of, I need to eat right, I need to get good sleep, I need to train my body and my mind to be prepared for these long days because uh, fighting a marathon is definitely not a sprint. It's year round, there's no seasons, it's constantly happening. And a lot of fighters spend majority of the year in training camp for three or four opportunities to fight and compete.
0: When, uh, when COVID hit, there was a lot of gyms that weren't able to open up. There was a lot of venues that weren't able to have people. How did, how did COVID really affect your business, your industry, and your clients?
3: Definitely for that month or two period that there was no events, it was, it was very uh, you know, scary. It, it was a scary time for, all, for the whole country. No one knew the, the extent of how dangerous COVID uh, is or could be. And we're not sure when we'll be able to go back to work and provide for our families. Uh, we're very blessed that Dana White and the UFC and everyone involved were able to you know, get the show running and get us opportunities to continue our work. So we're lucky in that aspect. I think last year was one of the best years ever for MMA in the sense of the UFC and Bell during the shows They were able to get back on the horse and start doing events you know, fairly quickly. Obviously on the regional scene and smaller shows, you know, we've seen the likes of LFA, CFFC, Fury. some of these these regional shows really come up and rise and provide opportunities for these fighters to continue to develop their careers. Um, there's still quite a few shows that have not returned regionally, and I'm really hoping as the country starts to open up more and fans are allowed to be at, at events that we'll be able to uh, get that area of the business back up and running.
0: Uh, if if you had younger younger kids looking to get into like jujitsu and stuff like that, what should they be looking for when finding a gym or or dojo that they sh- they can go work in if their goal is to become a UFC fighter?
3: I think when you're starting off as a as a as a young child, a young young you know, maybe a young adult a teenager child in, in training in MMA, I think you need to find a gym that. The culture of that gym fits fits what you're about, right? Find it, find a, a great gym that you, you you admire the coaching staff, and they have a, a great camaraderie there. It's a good environment for you to learn and grow. When you're young at that age, it's really about enjoying the process and having fun while acquiring these skills. At that age, it, it, when they're young, there's no reason to have that pressure of competing or performing it's really about being process oriented the results will come down the road and a lot of times you have athletes competing they become so result oriented right they're young and then, and then all on tv they see the results all the time but when you're young it's really about the process did you improve today did you have fun did you give it your best efforts the so that two hour practice were you fully attentive those are the things that are important and so as an as an agent i always try and tell our young athletes that hey let's let's just get better every day let's get one percent better every day Let's give our best efforts. You're training with a great group of guys. Let's just keep improving, and the rest will take care of itself.
0: All right. Well, let's take that same thought process, and now instead of the kid trying to grow up and become a UFC fighter, the kid's going to grow up and try to become an agent like yourself. What would you go back and tell the younger version Jason, who's just getting started, maybe at 25? Like, so you don't step in the same holes or get you know in this situation, you don't get caught with a left hook when you're not low and you're not looking.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would tell the twenty-five-year-old me that it's all gonna be worth it to, to stay the course. There's times when you're young and you, you think success is gonna be like the straight line, but it's not. It's gonna it's gonna have its ups and downs, and and that's part of the journey, and that's really how you learn and grow. You know, there was a point, I believe it was in 2018 in February, right? I believe we went like one in nine that month, and it it was crushing. You're on the road every week, you're away from your wife. And it's brutal. I'm frustrated. And uh, she made a little post-it note and she said, don't forget what success looks like. And she drew the the up and down lines. And I I laminated it and I've kept it all these years because that is a truth matter. And so to these, you know, young adults and young young kids that want to get into sports management, it's one of the most fulfilling and most rewarding careers you could have. I think the keys that you need to really focus on is just, uh, honesty being honest that's one of the most important pieces of the pie is just being an honest person to your clientele. uh communicating communicating is very important especially in this day and age in the social media day and age face time you know getting that face time with the clientele calling them, getting that personal touch is priceless and, and that be exchanged. you know even taking them out to lunch or coffee goes goes so long just to sit with them and and listen to learn, not listen to, to, to respond. When you're able to do those things and really truly understand your clientele, you're going to create a bond with them that they'll never forget and that will last a lifetime. So I, I think those things are very important for young adults to learn. And also put yourself in a position to to work with a diversity of people, to 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 understand what servant leadership is really like, you know, work different jobs work you know go to every conference you can go to when you're young you really need to get yourselves in a lot of different in front of a lot of different opportunities so you can see and learn and grow i'm very lucky my family raised 25 foster children growing up that really put me at a young age in a position to work with you know to to live and to love and to work and to play with kids from all walks of life these are my brothers and sisters and I'm blessed that I have this very diverse family because you, when you start listening to learn, you're like, wow, like you, you grew up like that. And and you start learning so much about them, you're like, dude, this is amazing. And that the better you can learn to understand people, you can you can serve them better. I think too many times leaders they they believe that the p- people are working for them and it's the other way around. When you're a leader and you're an agent, you're you you work for they're serving them. Your your job is to serve them. And I think as as soon as a young adult can learn that they're going to be very successful in life.
0: Oh, dude, you're absolutely right. That that servant leadership is is absolutely powerful. But here's the other side of that is you can get caught up in the emotional aspect of it too, right? So, you know, there when when your clients are having mm-hmm. their highs, you're having their highs just right alongside with them, and when they're at their lows, you're right there at their lows with them. I mean, you said it. Yeah. One in nine is not a good record. You're feeling no. it. I mean, just as yes. much as they're feeling it. So, you have to deal with that stuff. And you guys have a, a great in my opinion competitive advantage when it comes to dealing with these emotions and these stresses because you work out like there's so many people as entrepreneurs (laughs) that don't understand the power of just getting out there and moving even if it's 30 45 minutes in a day 100 like to move right tell me you know tell me how you use that exercise to deal with the stressful situations in your in your day-to-day
3: So, so what I try and and do is try to improve myself physically, mentally, and spiritually before 8 AM, before I have to, before I go into the servant role and I'm serving others and kind of on their schedule, right? The calls come in and you start getting to work. So I get up at 5 AM. I work out. Now I've improved myself physically, right? I go read a book. Now that I'm reading for the month, I'm improving myself mentally. I take some time to pray, to meditate, to visualize what I'm hoping to accomplish in the next 90 days. Now I've improved myself spiritually. Now, now that I've taken care of myself, now I can go take care of others, right? I mm-hmm. so many times we don't realize if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to put yourself in a position to take care of others. And that's what's most important. So while well, obviously I love myself and I do it for myself, really you're doing it for others, right? I'm, I'm giving them the best possible Jason house they can get every day. But to do that, I have to really be on top of those mornings. The morning times, I have to own it. I truly believe you want to be a successful entrepreneur, the mornings have to be your time to 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 kill it, to earn it, to to really be on top of your stuff. And then by 7, 8 a.m., you're like, man, I've, I've accomplished so much, right? I put the emails out I wanted to put out. I sent the text messages out I wanted to send out. I worked out, I read, I prayed, I did everything I needed to do. So now I'm ready to take on this day. Now for the next nine to 10 hours, hey, Jay, can you help me with my medicals? No problem, got you. Hey, Jay, can you sit down and go this contract with me? No problem, got you. You know, And then you're able to kind of take on the day as, as it comes about.
0: Dude, that's I, you. You can't explain it any better than that. You're absolutely right. That is the power of the morning. But I, I gotta ask you this question because you know, ex, with the exception of this week for spring break, normally I'm up at I'm up really early too, and I do have a very similar routine to get all that stuff squared yeah. away. Uh, but I want to make sure that the audience understands this. When I when the alarm goes off, I don't always feel like getting up. Like they're, they're, I don't think yeah, I'd say out of the week, you know, six out of seven times, I do not feel getting up, but I do it anyways. Right exactly. so I want to ask you that that same question like you know it's it's one thing to have a habit and a routine and a standard that you set for yourself but does it always mean that when the alarm goes off that's the first thing you think about doing
3: No it's not there's there's times in the morning where the the mind has to tell the body what to do there's times in the morning where physically you're tired you're sore you a long night, maybe negotiations ran, ran long into the wee hours of the morning, but you have to remind yourself that this is what's necessary, you know, remind yourself what it was like to work at Outback Steakhouse, an attorney, praying to God that someday this would happen, right? Remind yourself there was a time when you didn't, like maybe you didn't have two clients in the UFC period. Now you have three or four fighting every Saturday and that really will get you up, right? If you look, if you remind yourself of your past, it'll really help get you going. At least for me, like I'm, I, it takes a quick little preview of my past before. Okay, get back up, get up. Do you like your house? Do you like your wife? Do you like having things you have in your life? Okay, get to work.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I agree with that, man. For me, the little secret for me was just pop up. Like don't even think about anything else just pop up because I can tell you from the, the moment I pop yeah. up out of bed and I you know, I put my shoes on and I put my workout stuff on and I'm still going to go to the bathroom, wash my face. During that period, I'm still tired. Yep. I still don't feel like doing it. I still don't want to. Yep. <laughs> but as soon as I start going, as soon as yep. I start you know, doing my push-ups or doing my sit-ups or going for my run, like in the run in the morning, it's cold when I run in the morning. That first mile sucks. Yes. But then after that I feel better, right? I feel good yes. and I'm grateful every single time afterwards. You get you got a similar experience?
3: Yeah. Yes, I I think you nailed it, right? Because the feeling of when it's done is a hundred times better than how you're gonna feel like, damn, I slept in, I you know, like that that feeling's gonna haunt you all day. That that feeling is gonna haunt you all day, all day long. You're gonna think about man, you were a lazy guy today. If you, you know, to go through that 15 minutes of uncomfortableness of I'm not quite awake yet, putting the water on the face, I need a cup of coffee is it, nothing compared to what it's in the rest of your day when you're like, damn it, I, I lost the opportunity to get better today. I missed my chance to go train with my coach today and get better. I gave it up. Someone else got better today and I didn't. I, I didn't want as bad as they did.
1: Isn't it and if I kind of gets
3: that, you, right? Because then you're out competing and you're like, man. Maybe that, that I didn't want it that bad today. That guy probably did. He was probably up. He was probably getting after it. And I wasn't. That, dude.
1: Ah, yeah, dude. no, I
0: exactly, <laughs> dude. You're exactly right. You know, and, and it's it's funny. It's only, you know, if you're getting up at five when the rest of the world's getting up at seven, it's only two hours, but you add that up two hours every single day, you know, at the end of the year, that's like an extra month of you time that nobody else is doing. Like what can you do with an extra month? And that's the, that's the difference between people who stand still, who live their life and are complacent and are complaining about where they are, but never actually take any action to get there. And the people who actually get there, it's not that they're smarter. It's not that they're better. It's just, they work a little bit harder on them, on themselves.
3: Right. That that, that compound interest just keeps adding up, right? It just keeps a little bit more every day. A little You're putting a little bit in the bank, a little bit in the bank there. And all of a sudden it starts adding up, we're like, wow, we I've gone quite a few quite far with this, this this method. <laughs>
0: Dude, I, I think it was. Uh, I think it was David Goggins. It might have been somebody else, but they were talking about how um, it was like a, a soldier gets shot, and they're they're trying to crawl their way, and they got to crawl their way out of a particular situation. And so what they do is they grab this rock, and they just reach out in front of them, draw a line, and then drag themselves to that line. And then they reach out and draw a line and drag themselves to that line. And those are those incremental steps that that we're talking about here, because before you know it, you just continue doing. You look back, yeah. you're like, holy crap. Like, look where I'm at today, and it wasn't because you took a like whole yes. jump to the next step; it was just a bunch of small, little incremental steps.
3: Small All right, Jason. Steps. Yep. Yeah, man.
0: All right, I want to make sure that people are aware of how to get a hold of you, how to work with you. So, can you let people know, especially our listening audience, how can they get a hold of you if they want to work with you?
3: Yeah, on on Instagram, it's uh, Jason K House. Uh, also our website, IridiumSportsAgency.com are two of the best ways uh, that you can reach out to us. And, uh, yeah.
0: Sweet, man. Well, Jason, thank you very much for coming on the show today. I know you had a crazy schedule today, but like any entrepreneur, dude, you still made it happen, (laughs) dude. You still made it happen. So that's what I'm talking about, man. And thank you for, uh, gracing us with your presence on episode 700, dude. All right, ladies and gents, that's all we got
1: for you guys. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. And we're out. Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business.